Hello, and welcome to A World Without Cages, a one-episode podcast where we aim to shed light on the prison abolitionist movement. During our show, we will be presenting an argument for prison abolition and debunking some myths about it. We will also have a final interview with 8 to Abolition to try and illustrate what a world would look like without prisons. The prison system in the United States is the largest one in the world. With millions of inmates, the prison system is one that has a pervasive effect on the population, contributing to institutionalized racism and altering the lives of millions of individuals and families. In the United States, the rate of incarceration of African-Americans is 38%, and for Latinx, it's 13%, compared to the Caucasian population, which is only 7%. As John Oliver said, As we learned last week during a House Judiciary Committee hearing, Our nation now has the greatest number of prisoners of any country in the world. Nearly one in every 100 adults in America is in prison or jail. That's true. We have over two million people behind bars right now. We have more prisoners at the moment than China. Than China. We don't have more of anything than China, other than, of course, debt to China. And... and... The prison abolitionist movement takes all of these factors into consideration and believes that the system should be changed not by reformation of laws, but by abolishing prisons entirely. Prison abolitionists think that the movement will take time, but that is possible. As Angela Davis mentions, the prison has become a key ingredient in our common sense. It is there, all around us. We do not question whether it should exist. It has become so much part of our lives that it requires a great feat of the imagination to envision life beyond the prison. Prison abolitionists believe that the current system has failed people, and that to be able to abolish prisons, there needs to be a creation of a better society through the improvement of the economy and the healthcare systems. Prison abolitionists fight for less discrimination in the socioeconomic status of different races, for a world that is more equal in economic and social aspects to everyone. This will be a world without violence, and thus a world without the necessity have a prison system. We wanted to share some common myths about the prison abolition movement and debunk them. Our first myth comes from Caroline from Colorado. Prisons are the only way to keep our community safe. With the improvement of things like education, healthcare, and social services, our justice system can be transformed into one of rehabilitation and reconciliation rather than retribution and violence. There may not be one single replacement for prisons, but rather an improvement of multiple existing systems to set people up for success. As Rachel Kushner states in her New York Times article, abolition means not just the closing of prisons, but the presence instead of vital systems of support that many communities lack, including investment in jobs, education, housing, and healthcare. It's not clear that prisons lower crime rates or increase public safety. During the tough on crime era of the 1980s, the practice of mass incarceration ended up having little to no effect on official crime rates. Our second myth comes from John from Rhode Island. What would we do with rapists? Rapists are not dealt with in the current system. Most rapists never see the inside of a courtroom and two-thirds of people who experience sexual violence never report it. Those who file police reports are left overwhelmingly unsatisfied 
and police themselves are very likely to commit sexual assault, with sexual misconduct being the second most common form of police misconduct. Woods Urban, an organizer with critical resistance, says, Right now, we're actually not doing anything about it. We're not trying to change the systemic way in which sexual assault manifests in our society, at least with transformative justice practices and community accountability practices. There's an attempt to actually get to the root causes and transform society so that those things can't happen. And our last myth is seen widely in the media today. Private prisons are the bulk of the problem. Actually, 99% of people in jail are in public jails. Private prisons may be a small percentage of the issue, but they are not nearly as much of a problem as many people think. As Kushner states, every private prison could close tomorrow and not a single person would go home. Prisons are a system of a much greater problem in our society. Fixing it will require addressing the flaws of the entire system, not just the symptoms. Now, we would like to welcome today's guest, 8 Abolition, a campaign created in response to a push for police reform. 8 Abolition, what differentiates you from the 8 Can't Wait campaign? The 8 Can't Wait campaign is focused on prison reform. Our goal is to outright abolish prisons completely. We hope to build toward a society without police or prisons, where communities are equipped to provide for their safety and well-being. That's such an important difference. Why is it necessary to abolish prisons instead of simply reforming them? Prisons are rooted in a system of oppression. As Angela Davis puts it, prison, quote, relieves us of the responsibility of seriously engaging with the problems of our society, especially those produced by racism and increasingly global capitalism, end quote. Reformers believe that there are ways to improve prisons by changing who controls them and determining whether they are used responsibly. We believe, however, that prison system is so tainted by its history that there's no way to rid the system of its oppressive nature. Thank you for explaining that crucial aspect of abolition. Now, what exactly are the eight steps of abolition? The first, defund the police. Second, demilitarize communities. The third, remove police from schools. The fourth, free people from prisons and jails. Five, repeal laws that criminalize survival. Six, invest in community self-governance. Seven, provide safe housing for everyone. Eight, invest in care, not cops. Listeners can find more information on each step in the handout on the podcast page. That was such a great interview. Thank you for explaining the pervasive nature of the prison industrial complex and what we can do to abolish it. How can our listeners learn more about your initiative? We encourage you to check out our website at www.8toabolition.com. Thank you. We leave you with the reimagining of a better world. Imagine if the billions of dollars in the prison industrial complex were put into healthcare, housing, education, and better jobs. By setting people up for success, there will no longer be a need for prisons. A world without cages will provide resources for all, and we would embrace a new vision of safety and justice. Thank you very much for listening. And if you want to be involved or to learn more about the movement, please check out our pamphlet, which you can find in the bio of this podcast. We leave you with the wise words of Angela Davis.
Most people, including myself, I have to catch myself sometimes, when someone does something um, bad to me, the first the first instinct is to figure out how to get back at that person. Right. So, you know, how do we imagine justice in a very different context? Justice that's not based on vengeance, but justice that's made on repairing the relationships that are uh, damaged uh, uh, through uh, harm.